Lord, uh, we thank you for their service, and we continue to ask that you will empower them, bless them, protect them, Lord, and uh, let them speak life to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, um, I have uh, struggled with the passage for today, and you can tell my struggle because uh, did we read from Genesis 28? No, no, no. We read from Genesis 32. And uh, there's been a struggle uh, with me, and the more I meditated, actually, because I didn't sleep much last night, I was like, oh, the Lord has discovered in my meditation even a bigger and a deeper message of this word than I was ready to preach to you this morning. So I have a confession to make that uh, this morning I was like, uh, the Lord was uh, putting it on my heart that what we're talking about, while there's so much information today about Jacob, ultimately it is about the fact that Jacob I've loved and Esau I hated. And everything became... A different light as the Lord enlightened me for meditating and studying God's word now about this subject, about the fact that God loved Jacob. Now to come back to, uh, to our own place and our own humanity, how many of you have realized that we have a couple of natures within us? In this world and in scriptures, duality is very important. And if you say, well, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I have been able to come to a spiritual place in my life where, you know, I keep my flesh in check. Well, wait till you get married. <laughs> and then wait till you have kids. And then you think you're doing well and the Lord will put you somewhere in your life who's not doing well. And now you're caring uh, and you're having that friction of this two nature aspect in people's lives. So while we have Abraham as the father of faith and a great example, and we have Isaac coming up, here we come to Jacob. In our estimation, is Jacob better than uh, Isaac or Abraham? Not really, not really. I got to say, Jacob is mentioned the most out of the three in scriptures. Then I tell you, I'm so glad. Jacob is truly a literal vision of being born of God. Let's backstep a little bit into Jacob's life. Jacob grew up in, the, in a home of faith. He saw all the miracles. He heard all the miracles. He saw his father through the sacrificial system. He saw the relationship of what's happened. He saw the tension. 
بعض Unfortunately, sin became a stronger reality. Separation between Rebecca and Isaac, in their views. What was the first sin between Rebecca and Isaac? The sin of partiality, of favoritism. Disobedience that the older shall serve the younger. That opened up for a series of things that now empowered the nature or the natural man of a human being. So, guess what happens to Jacob? He deceives his brother. He's deceived by Laban. He steals what was righteously towards Esau. Laban steals his wages. That's why I said, go go to Sunday school classes. Galatians 6 and 7. How, How can this be true? Be careful that which you sow, you shall reap. Is it true in Jacob's life? You look one after another. God's word is giving us giving it to us plainly. Jacob is also the second born. We look from creation how important this aspect is. Abel, Isaac, Jacob, Ephraim to Joseph, right? And you see something about the second Who's also the second man who has that title? Or the last man, Jesus Christ, right? Adam is the first one. So you see this typology being developed there. The human nature. Thus it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The duality that we have, the human nature and the spirit... And it's by no mistake that I would have to wrestle with this text the way we read that Jacob wrestled with the Lord. Now, any of you have anything you're wrestling on right now? Things? Yeah, one person maybe you wrestle. Thank you, Chris, for being honest. There are things that we wrestle with. And sometimes... They may not even be necessarily from our own flesh or human nature. It may be from others. Sometimes you may have to uh, wrestle simply because you have kids or grandkids. The beauty of this wrestling, po- wrestling match is that God has showed it to us that it's now only two generations. And when sin crept in into the arena of faith, it begins to multiply. Isaac, protected by his dad, never left the promised land. Seemed to have a very keen, flowing life. Jacob now has to leave the promised land. He's blessed by Isaac. 
Yet his empty handing in fear running for his life. Going outside of the promised land to his uncle. You say, well, what kind of a blessing is this when Isaac blessed him with everything that he has? He has to go walk 490 miles in a very dangerous place, in a very dangerous world, alone where he can die. Nothing can... Uh, he, he could have nothing. Where is his blessing in, in that? Everything's left behind with the dad and Esau. And I'm glad you asked that question. Because when you come to Hebrews 11.20, guess what the hero of faith Isaac is being told uh, to us is? It says, by faith Isaac invoked future blessing on Jacob. What is covering Isaac? Uh, what is covering Jacob? The faith of his dad. Jacob is very worldly. He's already deceiving, lying, selfish, self-gain. You say, well, maybe that's a family sin because Laban clearly showed it. And maybe through Rebecca, it came into him. And that sin continues in the human nature. It's simply an expression of lust in the human nature. Lust for riches. Well, our Lord says that he was not born of blood, nor of the will of man or the flesh, but of God. That's why this journey is very important to you and I. Now, Jacob really represents you and I. More so, are you a child that was raised in a Christian home or a grandchild? Are you listening to your parents' stories and you're raised in the truth? This is Jacob. This is Jacob. He's going through the motions of religiosity, but now the question begs, is Jacob saved? Unfortunately, a few passages earlier, and that's why I see the wrestling, and that's why you saw the title 28. Then Jacob made a vow, right? When he interacts with the gate of heaven, he's afraid, so he doesn't take the right road. And he sleeps outside, just outside of a city, puts a stone on it. He has an experience with, with great turmoil with God. And at the end of that experience with the gate of heaven and the ladder coming down, he makes a statement. If God will be with me and will keep me this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Let me ask you, is he saved? Some pastors will say that this was his conversion here. Is there an option for you and I, for Jesus to be Lord of our life by our own choice and our own, you know, we set up the 
conditions. If, isn't he setting up a condition? If God. What's going on is that we have come to a place where if you grow up into a church-going environment, we may falter to think that church is for my own benefit. And you say, well, you're making me like Jacob. Yes, I am. I'm going to church for the benefit of my kids, to have a communion, to have a place, you know, to feel secure. Well, let's not speak so many bad things about Jacob if we approach worship in the same way. We've made an entire gospel of this approach. We call it the prosperity gospel. It's running rampant into the world. Actually, the largest church in the United States, 40,000 members, sometimes 70,000 members in attendance, this is what they preach. It's not something for us to be proud of. When you say, yeah, that's the largest church in the United States. And coming out of the gray state of Texas. By the way of Houston, Texas. That is the largest church in the United States. If God, then the Lord shall be my God. You say, well, this person was raised in the church. He had great experiences. Wow. First lesson for a parent here. How do I invoke my child who's lost on a journey towards faith rather than providing things for him that only impede him from coming to God? I have a sister that was not walking with the Lord and, you know, was not doing things that one should do with substance abuses and until my mom kicked her off the house and put her on the street nothing really happened until that journey happened would you like to see your kids and your grandkids on the street no but there's a lesson here now we see why Isaac is in the hall of fame of heroes of faith because he believed in the future blessing, even though he saw he himself was lied and deceived by his own son. Would you feel very good about yourself blessing the son that deceived you and lied you? Do you think Isaac had to wrestle with his own lodging and what happened to him? And he had to lay that down to act by faith? 
Faith will make you make decisions that don't make sense. Let's continue to learn a little bit more. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. I will kill my brother, Jacob. Sin continues to grow. The enemy uses sin to implement one of his title. He, one of the titles that the enemy has is the destroyer. So ultimately, he uses sin to bring you to that place to destroy you. The schemes of the devil follow, as I told you this year, follow the lines of sin. And see how everything begins to open up to you. Sin and God. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, Esau was coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with, with their children in front. And Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph. Last of all, he himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Why is it important? How did Jacob come to be repentant? There needs to be a place in your own life where you need to have a deep hatred for yourself, for the nature that you have. You know, many people will say, well, what's the definition of wisdom? The great one is fear of the Lord, right? Is the definition, the beginning of it. There's a hidden one in the Psalms. Another definition of wisdom is hatred of sin. Don't uncouple fear of God with hatred of sin. They go hand in hand. Do we see this in Apostle Paul? Oh, how I wish I was freed of this body of death, this clay, this body of death. It impedes me, stops me. I want to do one thing, but I do the thing that I hate to do. Don't think you and I have changed in this wrestling match. Don't think that you and I have changed. But interestingly enough, how beautiful it is that with all the sins, being in the world for 20 years, becoming wealthy like he really wanted to, now he's giving away stuff. He's still struggling. Fear still has a hold on him. Sin is still conquering his life. 
Interestingly enough, let's begin our journey so now our eyes can be opened. Jacob went on his ways and the angels of God met him. Huh. Jacob doesn't deserve any of this, but the angels of God are surrounding him. Now, my wife will hate me saying this, but you know, I got to say it. I don't, I don't think I've seen an angel, you know. So, you know. She's uh, maybe not quite an angel, but she wished that I would think she's an angel. Uh, so she will hate me for saying, I don't think I saw an angel. Uh, but maybe we have. You know, sometimes the Lord tells us, be careful how you interact with strangers because they may. Okay. So it is possible, but not to my knowledge. I do think that I have seen a demon once. Uh, actually, the shading come out of an animal. And, but I won't go into that. Uh, so on that part, yes. But I don't think I have seen an angel per se. I remember when my great-grandma sister that was on fire uh, for the Lord got typhoid fever and she was in the hospital. My, great my, uh, my great-grandma, my grandma trying to console her, oh, you're going to do well, you're going to do well. And she says, how foolish are you? Can't you see here the myriads of angels around my bed? Waiting to take me home? I'm not making it. Don't, don't have false hope. Look around the room and see them. They're here to take me home. Now, here, we know the angels could inhabit humans being, and they could take that form. Jacob went and said, and the angels of God met him. It doesn't tell us how, but they are present. How many of you think that you have angels around you? We don't speak much about that because we can get into wrong ideas. But there are angels. And nothing can happen unless that is allowed and something happens uh, within that unseen world as well. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. Literally, he says, Jacob saw them. What about the rest of the people? The servants, the wives, the kids. Why does he say that only Jacob saw them? Why not everybody? Wouldn't that be a great spectacle? Sometimes we don't look at the smallest details of God's word. You say, Jacob saw them. Well, wait a minute. There's hundreds of people with him. His family, servants... This is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Do you see? The wrestling match has started. The angels of God are with him and they're walking. But fear is saying, I need to deal with Esau. This is, the wrestling is not just in that vision. The wrestling is already happening. Wouldn't you feel a little more confident if you saw the angels of God around you? Hmm. Hmm. Well, instructed them, thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, thus is your servant, Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban. Wait a minute. The blessing was for the older to serve the younger, but now he calls Esau what? Why is that? What is the wrestling? His sin of deceiving is working him. 
there's a good wrestling match within you, and you have to realize that, that it can come by the conviction of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Hmm. I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, and female servants. I have sent them to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you and there are 400 men with him. Oh boy. (laughs) How about that? How about that? Let me tell you. There are things coming your way. There are things going to happen in this world. There are things that are coming your way. And as you age, you'll notice them. Things will stop working the way they once were. Including in our own bodies. Things will begin to happen. Things are coming our way. How do we take this journey? How did Jesus tell us that things are coming our way? Do not worry. For if they persecuted me, they will. In this world, you will have tribulation. Then I wonder, why would we make a prosperity gospel? In this world, you will have tribulation. Now, my question to you now is, I have to ask this question because the Lord is our potter and we are the clay. How many times do we wake up in the morning and we look around and we drop to our knees and say, Lord, thank you for you are with me. Lord, thank you for you are with me. You may think bravely about yourself, but I tell you, I don't want you, I don't want myself to take any step in life without Jesus. You'll be able to handle whatever comes your way. Whether that's in a court of law, whether that it's in jail, whether that's in the hospital, whether that's in a convalescent home, whether that's your faulty family, the Lord's telling us today, if we're in His hand, how do we acknowledge that? Beautifully, our Lord says, if you want to come, follow me. Deny self, pick up the cross daily, daily, and come follow me. Interesting part, do you see Jesus before you? Do you thank him for being with you daily, and do you see him before you?
everything will change. Everything will change. How you parent your kids, how you choose your jobs, how you love your wife. Look about the duality and the struggle. Some people say where Leah was the spiritual wife and Rachel was his fleshy wife that he really liked and loved. Guess from which line our Lord Jesus comes? From the one that that Jacob hated. From the tribe of Judah. Interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. And then obviously then Jacob was greatly afraid. You're saying, wow. The angels are going with them. They're surrounding them. And Jacob is greatly afraid. But that's, that's, doesn't that sound like us? We're in our human nature. We look at him, we say bad things, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not any better. I need Jesus. I'm not any better. That's the reality. He divided his people who were with him. Look what happens out of fear. Division. Trying to do something. And the flocks and the herds and the camels into two camps. Please notice how his desire for riches is not as important anymore. The ones that he puts closer to him is the one who he loves fleshly most, Rachel and Joseph. And then his riches are out there and his servants and he's behind. What does that tell you? Jacob is telling us, in the two natures without Jesus, do not be fooled. Even if you think you're spiritual, even if you have knowledge of God, even if you were raised in the church, you will be conquered by me, myself, and I. And people in the name of the Lord, with good intentions, don't realize they're centered on me, me, myself, and I. And the wrestling match continues. Thinking if Esau comes to the camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father of Abraham, and God of my father Isaac. God of my father and my grandfather? What about my God? Hello, I'm here. The angels are around. I made the pact with you. The pact came true. The problem is he made a conditional pact that was self-centered. I'm not worthy. The wrestling match. I am not worthy. What is he saying? The problem is me. Of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. He sees how the Lord has blessed him and taken care of him. 
so far and he's saying I am beyond help but you have been faithful do you think Christ is faithful when, we're not, when we lack our faith and we're not faithful on our behalf And all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant, for with only my staff confession, with only my staff I crossed. I was blessed to be rich, and I had all the wealth, and I ran for my life, only had a piece of steak, and look at me now, as wealthy as a king. And now I have become two camps. The wrestling match, right, become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him. He sees I'm the problem. There's another problem, and it's oppressing me demonically through fear. It is aching at me inwardly. He may come to attack me, and he was right. The mothers with the children. Please look now, he's also not as selfish once he begins to confess. The mothers and the children, yes, but he puts them first. Rather than putting himself first in front of everyone else, guess where he is? At the back of the line. Can you imagine if Jesus would have done that? He would have said to all your disciples, you go ahead and just die for me and do everything else and I'll keep running around and all the disciples do this so I can do my great work here. Can you imagine what kind of a savior that would have been? Is that how Jesus walked his life? Our example, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But you said... I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. What is this? He's bouncing in the wrestling match to after confession, he's declaring faith in God's promise. Which early we saw, it was conditional, if. Is this the same person? Yeah, this is a person who's confused. This is a person who's struggling. But now confession is bringing him back in the arena of faith. That's why we said we have an altar here. Because it begins with confession. It begins with looking at ourselves. It begins by declaring by faith the promises of God to you and I. So he stayed that night there, and he, uh, you know, what he had, and he took presents for Esau, and he sends his present. I'm not going to read this. Sweetening him up and trying to, you know, feeling guilt. He even gives them instructions what he needs to do. The first, the second. You can see he is devising an, a very elaborate plan. 
Is that how God works? But we can be pretty good at planning. Man plans with his heart, but it is the Lord that directs the steps. Hmm. We see that pretty clearly. So the present passed ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. There's a struggle. You will struggle in your life with the condition of not being content, with not having peace, with what you think for your life, and with the path that the Lord wants you to take. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. So now he's alone. And Jacob was left alone. It says alone. And the man wrestled with him. How can he be alone if a man wrestled with him? It's telling us that, is this that company of angels? We can maybe assume. But it's alone to the rest of the people. You know, I'm confused. It says Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him. Isn't that confusing to you when you read that? It says he was left alone. How can a man wrestle with him? In the same sentence. The same verse. Oh, really? Like I said, did the other people see the angels? I don't know. It doesn't tell us. I don't want to speculate, but it only said Jacob saw them. The others may say there was nobody there. Well, they see the effect that someone was there when he crosses the... Well, something must have happened. He didn't sleep too well. <coughs> when you're wrestling, can you sleep well? No? My wife has a gift. She can sleep well. <laughs> I, I don't have that gift. So he's wrestling. Can we go back one slide? I think you went. When the man saw that he did not prevail, so against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was pulled out of joint as he wrestled with him. Let me ask you, isn't this the heart of God explaining to us what was happening to Jacob and what's going to happen to us as we try to please both natures? Now, he, God could have done a lot worse than just... Let me ask you this. Uh, how come you said it's God, and rightly so, I believe it's a Christophany? 
Do you think God could have not overcome or prevail over Jacob? Jacob I loved. Even in his wrestling, in his condition, Jacob I loved. Now I see the Lord when he woke me up. I wasn't sleeping much this morning. And I said, you know what it drew me to? Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. The very people who are crucifying Jesus. Father, forgive them. Now I, now I can begin to understand why Jacob prevailed. <laughs> Jacob didn't prevail. Jacob I loved. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. The best thing that you can do out of your human nature, it's using your will to the last drop of life to say, Lord, I won't let go. And that's not good enough. Because he knows, I will not let you go unless you bless me because something is so awfully screwed up with me. You guys are laughing. But we're all in recovery. We're all, we're all screwed up and we're in recovery. Unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? What is your name? How does the blessing start? He said, Jacob. Which shows the true nature of Hillcatcher. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, the prince of God. For you have striven with God, the one who prevailed, literally says the one who prevailed, strove with God and prevailed. For you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. That's the blessing. It comes and it originates with God. As much as he wanted with all his will, he couldn't do it. But he said, there's nothing left in my life than for me to center around God and I won't let go. That's the best you can do out of your own nature. To come to that place, to hate yourself so much and to say, I cannot go on one minute longer. Death is before me. The enemy is attacking me. I'm being harassed, but I cannot let go anymore. That's it. Beautifully, the Apostle Paul says, for I am being poured out as a drink offering. That will continue even when you are very mature and you're ministering and God is in his amazing way. That still continues. Verse 
That reality does not change. He says, we're sawning too, we're beaten, we're abused by you, do well. Isn't that how he speaks to the churches? And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. Notice how he is now ready to receive. He wants what? Personal knowledge. He is starving for personal interaction with God. Have you entered into that arena of your life? I'm telling you, you cannot ride the wave of your grandparents and your parents on the fact that you were raised in a church. That, that wave is long gone. The surf is done. Why is it that you ask my name? Please notice what has happened to Jacob. Everything is about me doing this, the fear, the wrestling. God bless him, changes his name. The question is no longer about his condition and himself. What is at the center of Jacob's life? God. He goes from being human-centric in our nature to becoming God-centric. Now I say here is where he was born of the Spirit. Here's where he was saved. It's not for me to say that, but at least I see this transformation. And so now, now you see why when Paul came, he would say, Oh, I'm a bond slave of Jesus. When he came to people, he wouldn't even dare to say, well, I'm a prodigy in, in, in my time of being a grand scholar in the Old Testament. No one's achieved what I have achieved academically in the Old Testament. He described himself in terms of the Lord. He says, oh, I'm a bond slave, a slave. Not a beautiful word to say, a slave. Not, we translate it servant, but it's literally a slave. I wish, you know, he's gone, but he, he, you know, the guy who comes here, Holly's husband, what's his name? James, James he wears the, the way he says doulos of Christos. That's doulos is slave, a bond slave actually, on his jacket. And that is now, what is your name? You know, uh, why do you ask me my name? Oh, that love story is going to begin. Check this out now to say, well, maybe we've misinterpreted this. What is the best explanation for the Bible? The Bible. Check it out. 1120 on Hebrews. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each one of the sons of Joseph, buying in worship over the head of his staff. When is the act of faith accredited to him in the hero's in the faith uh, uh, heroes, uh, uh, you know, list, uh, faith heroes list, at the end of his life, he fully released everything and showed 
that it is all about worshiping God. Now, when you come to church, I don't like the songs. I'm used to that song. Uh, I don't know about this pastor and his message. But do you know what happens where people are born of the Spirit of God? They come to praise God and to serve Him. They'll speak of, did you interact with God's presence during worship, during the praise time and your prayer time? Did you hear God's voice in the message? Not about how good the speaker is or not. That's what happens. That's what happens. His last act, this very selfish, lustful for gain, he released it all. And in his last act of blessing, he wants to say, I have been changed to be a worshiper of God. Do you think that message has changed for you and I who are with Christ? Yes, it is about sharing the gospel, but it is about bringing other people to serve and praise and worship God. In our midst. Thank you, by the way, for the man who came yesterday and worked hard here. You say, well, how is the Lord? I'm struggling. I don't know how much I have to live. I'm struggling. I'm, you know, I'm the, for as the Lord, in John 5, it tells us, for as the Father raises the dead, so will the Son of Man raise the dead and give them life. Hmm. You must have a lot of faith by sending your kids to school and hearing what they hear at school. You must have a lot of faith letting them do what they do. See, you don't realize how much faith you portray and sometimes maybe in a wrong way. With the ultimate act of Jacob is... My life has culminated to come at a loss, but I have finally come to it. I am a worshiper of God with all that I am and all that I have. Now you see why Jacob is so much into the scope, into the details of it's very relevant to you and I. Now, as we move and we recap, what is the memory verse that we have? For you are, are the Father. And we are the clay. And you are the potter. And we are all the work of your hands. We have seen so far that unless the Word of God is the final authority in our life, we can't really sit well in the potter's hands. We have also seen, what else? 
that unless oh man I'm pretty bad remember the altar that unless we live a life where we build altars for ourselves, for our family, and in our church, we're not in the potter's hands. Doesn't that kind of link up to this story? See, this is what happens. Abraham is now... What did God tell Abraham? Everybody, every nation and the sun will be blessed by you, right? You see, immediately, it didn't take long for that faith that needed to be replenished just to, for his grandson. And he's back. Abraham's blessing already came through the work of Christ in him. We have Abraham's blessing because of the faith that Christ now brings into our life. It happened already there. Wrestling. It's a beautiful way for God to remind you and push you to step on a life of faith again. So today, the Lord wants to rekindle that we walk by faith and not by sight. He wants to say, do you see my presence in your life. Do you believe my presence around you? I, I feel sometimes very hard to go down and pray to the Lord because I begin my, my day and I, I forget that God is with me and I take actions and decisions that I feel sick about them. Not because they're sinful, but because they lack faith in my own life. But the Holy Spirit convicts me and helps me. Let us be blessed also by the testimony of Jacob that you and I have entered into a life of worship. A witness that I want to challenge you with. How can your kids see that you're a worshiper of God? How can where you work, people see that you're a worshiper of God? How can the rest of your brothers and sisters here a church can see that you're a worshiper of God? You know which one's the hardest? Your own family. It says, well, I knew you before. I know who you are. Did Jesus mention anything from his past? About his deception, his lies, his lust for riches. Everything that happened. Wasn't he right to mention something? How does someone who is touched by God look to Esau, the hunter, the strong man who can cut his head off in one swing? Here's the guy who's blessed by God, who bows down seven times before me because of touched by God, but here he is. 
Father God will use the weak too, the strong, and will use the poor too. Do you feel weak? Or do you feel strong? Do you feel poor? Or do you feel rich? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come before you.